In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. It's one of those perfect, perfect nap days though. Like, one time we were, uh, we were goose hunting out, on, uh, out by Ortonville. We rented a house on that Big Stone Lake, rented a cabin. It was day like today. Just that warm sun and the breeze coming through. And I look out on the porch of that cabin and my brother was sleeping on like a blow-up mattress, like a light blanket tossed over him. It looked like the most peaceful sleep I've ever seen <laughs> in my goddamn life. Some of the best sleep I've ever got has been in a snow goose field when it's nice and warm, just mm. the light enough breeze so you don't overheat because the air is kind of cool, but the sun's getting pretty warm in March and nothing has been going on for hours and you know nothing's <laughs> going to happen for a few hours and you just relax and next thing you know you're just Do gone. you ever leave the speakers on? When you Always. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it weird how, like, when you're napping in a snow goose spread um, and you got the speakers going and you can hear the live goose. Yep, you like, hear one bark and you're like, oh, eyes peek that's open. not on the track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get so, so used to track, your brain just, like, filters it out. That's for sure. weird how that happens. Yeah, it for sure filters it out. You hear one bark and it's a, a Ross goose and he's hovered over your spread about 400 yards. So you can barely see him. You're like, is that a bird? And, and it does like, it all like, oh, the yeah, way that is a bird. down. Yeah, because it just gets bigger, and it's just sitting down, maybe doing that slow side-to-side wobble right to the boot bags. And yep. you shoot him, you're like, all right, back to my nap. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go pick him up later. <laughs> Thank you, Rossi. <laughs> Appreciate that. Oh, man. <laughs> They're good for that. Well, that I do nice have high pitch. <laughs> do you have a trip planned? Yeah. Oh, so re- so uh, the recap from this will be two weeks ago as you listen to this, where Nick and I did a on-the-road podcast. 
Dude, the road noise was not bad at wasn't all. Wasn't bad at all. Dude, no. I didn't even hear it. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I thought for sure that was going to make it annoying as shit to listen to. <laughs> that was a, we, we should almost do more of those. That's pretty good. It was, actually. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. Did you edit very much of it? Because it did seem like there was some dead air in there. There was dead air in there. I, was, <laughs> I meant to do it, and then when I got to the point, like, like I would have to listen. Because I didn't like write down like what time, which next time we need a, like, a little notepad, and we need to make a a mental note of like the time like just hey, a rough estimate like it's around 24 30, minutes yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. so i can fast forward to it because i would have had to listen to almost the entire thing to trim out that dead air and i was like i'm not doing that <laughs> yeah. they have a fast forward button nah i ain't about to do that <laughs> um so we did find i think a pretty cool spot that cattle pasture yeah, was kind of cool it was way cooler it looked cooler in it than it did from the road yeah dude but it was like that road was busy next to it yeah it was and uh I don't know if I would, I, you know what, if I had nowhere else to go on a migration day and it was a 4 p.m. closure on Minnesota for some fucking reason, I would boogie out there. I'd, I'd try that again and I'd yeah. maybe do it, um, you know what, I'd do it with like eight eight or ten DSDs again or a bag of Silos, yeah. one of the two. I think we saw a goose, like a lone migrator. Dude. And we we noticed it late, like it already went past us. But when you hit it, like that first note, his head snapped. It was like a migrator, he, yeah. He went. He was like, "Whoa, what? Where? Where are it was you?" It's a migrator at? out of the northeast. And the whole time, I was just like laying into the situation and you a little bit about like, "This is the dumbest fucking thing, Dale. <laughs> this is the dumbest idea. Why are we doing this?" Just so when that one loner did bomb out of the heavens, right. it would be that much more just fucking awesome. And that almost happened. If God we, damn, if, did that almost happen. If we'd have seen it or if he had made noise earlier, I think we would have we would have stood a pretty good chance, I think, of getting him to come take a look. Damn, we, we, we the almost way, got him in. The way his, yeah, the way his head snapped around when you hit him with that first note, like, he was... That was like at the end. He was open to suggestion. Definitely. <laughs> that was like at maybe 10 minutes before the end of legal yeah. or even maybe even closer than that. Yeah. And... Uh, it's just like, well, this is the dumbest fucking thing. I knew it was going to be stupid. Yeah, Dale. we're just talking off. So I'm like, shit, Look. there's a goose right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck. like, oh, God, that sounded high. And like, yeah. look around, look around. There he is. And he'd already made it a good clip past us, yeah. I would say. Like, yep. and as soon as I hit him with that, um, a couple sharp clucks, his wings stopped beating immediately. His head turned. He started listing in our direction. I was like, oh, shit. oh, oh my <laughs> God, this dude might come all the way down and he did not he did not no nope. course key course corrected and and kept going but. yeah probably just saw the spot we were in and was like what the fuck no no <laughs> i had a, i knew where i was going anyways it's probably an older bird who knows <laughs> probably banded, banded for yeah. sure had that geo tracker on it just right. dragging i got places to be but it could have worked see people knows? shooting the geo trackers off of woody's no i haven't seen that yeah i've seen uh some geo trackers got put on uh this summer and I can't find any information about it, but hmm. I did have somebody send me some information about it. I guess it's like 300 of them. Sweet. Wood, wood ducks. I bet they'll shoot a fuckload down south this year. Oh, probably. Yeah, because yeah. I guess we do get like quite a few. Um, they call them molt migrants of, really? those, uh, of the uh, woodies. Yeah, because those on the Louisiana website. I suppose they're drakes. And they're drakes. They're drakes. Um. The Louisiana website has a, uh, the DNR site's got a little band map of the wood ducks that they do, and they've got it actually segregated male to female, and it is insane how many Louisiana male wood ducks get killed up here in Minnesota and all up and down the Mississippi Flyway, and not just here, but like Canada. 
Hmm. Like these... Um, they don't go too far into Canada, though. Not too far. No, no, no. And nobody hunts too far into Canada yeah. either. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not a prairie duck, so they need the they need the trees. You know what I've been wondering about? You know we get these molt migrants from the temperate nesting Canada geese? When we're talking about Arctic nesting Canada geese or cackling geese or all the other species that nest up there... Um, What's their molt migration? What do their juvies do? Yeah. Because uh, cackling geese, they don't... They probably go south. And snows, they don't um, pick their mates out until like five years old. Hmm. It's not like three like a Canada. Like they go like four, five, six, seven before they make some eggs, make some babies. So I, I always wonder like, I mean, you're already at the North fucking pole. Yeah, they probably hang out further south of there. Like they probably don't have any reason to go all the way up. I suppose probably a food thing. Wherever the food is. I don't is. know, dude. You ever look at Google Google Earth for up there? It's just like this alien landscape of this like spotted um, yeah. spotted wetlands everywhere. I guess that's why birds go there. I mean, it's like yeah. a, like insanely abundant food source. Not only that, like um, the Arctic nesting geese have so little time to put the eggs down and then uh, rear the young, get them fat, get them flying, and get on the wing that um, they can't waste a moment. And it's 24-hour daylight up there. So that's another reason those ar- those those, ar- those Arctic geese and they're protected from uh, predators. They can keep their eyes out for predators twenty four hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And it's flat; they can see them coming. I never I think mean, about that. They still get predated on. Like polar bears can do a pretty good. Yeah, dude. There's some studies I've read where the polar bears. Pretty good number on them, and Arctic fox can do stuff. Also, seagulls. Seagulls are little bastards. They'll take the chicks. Yeah. And uh, or goslings, as they would be called. Yeah, dude. Lots of stuff eats those little perfect nuggets of nutrients <laughs> little fuzz nuggets oh yeah yep um i'm gonna be hunting some arctic geese um are they arctic yeah, he's probably still... not the aleutian cackling goose is what i'm gonna go hunt this mm. weekend for a few days probably wouldn't technically be arctic then, i don't think they? the aleutian islands are north of 66 no they're not no no they're definitely not no they're definitely south yeah um so i don't know they've got a cool backstory to them too i was reading about them so an Aleutian cackling goose is the second smallest white cheek goose. Um, the, se- the first is the minimas or the, cac- the minimas, the cackling cacklers. <clears throat> well, these Aleutian geese, they breed on the Aleutian Islands exclusively, and they're um, widely regarded as like the handsomest um, of all the white cheek geese. Like they got the coolest color variations, mm. and they also usually have a white neck ring that's over ten millimeters um, wide, long. Thick? Thick. <laughs> Thick's the word. Yeah. Yeah, they got a 10 millimeter white neck ring, and their cheek patches don't connect under their chin. So you get like oh, a... Oh, yeah, you get the, the little black. You get like two yeah. patches, like a patch here and a patch there. And uh, they um they breed exclusively in the Aleutian Islands, and then the Russians a few hundred years back um, started using these islands to um, assist them with their fur trade. So everybody's wears fur. That's what they got for... That's their Gore-Tex. And uh, the best fur that they had was um, fox fur. So they found these Aleutian Islands. It's pretty close to Russia, too. It's in between Alaska and Russia. So all these Russian fur traders go up there and start dropping off foxes because they want them to be like their oh, own sure. their own little um, little like fox farm. Just a fox farm where they can go there and set up traps. And like yeah. when it's season, like they'll go and harvest the foxes they planted you know, in years previous. And they ended up um, putting foxes on over 190 of these islands. And then in 1967, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service declared the Aleutian cackling goose 
an endangered species. And they had less than 800 individual adult, like birds, 800 left. Wow. And I was reading these studies where like these scientists are like following these illusions. Like they just notice one day they're gone. They must have migrated because they migrate right across the fucking ocean to California. From the Aleutian Islands, bloop, they fly for either usually 20 to 40 hours and they're in Cali. And so then they try to find them in Cali. And they actually shut down um, Canada goose hunting in California for many years. Because, well, at least in the areas that the Aleutians winter, because hmm. they winter and stage in very specific spots. And uh, so the first thing they did was shut down the hunting. Second thing they did was they went up there and they killed all them bitch foxes. <laughs> <laughs> bitch foxes. <laughs> yeah. So they trapped all them foxes, killed them. And then uh, from there, the population experienced a growth rate of over 16%, which is Makes sense. insane. They're not getting eaten. They're not getting eaten by all these fucking Russian hat foxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, then in 1991, they got listed as threatened. And by 2001, there was hunting seasons for them. Nice. And now, like, you know, like a lot of those West Coast states, they'll have seasons that go to about March 10th. Mm -hmm. That is almost specifically to start to cull the flock of oh, wow. of those uh, Aleutian geese. And I think the, the population is at least 250K now, 250,000 Aleutians that they got. They're messing around. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they go like to Humboldt Bay quite a bit, that, that area in California. And uh, I'm pretty jacked to go hunt them. Every single um, year in mid-November, the Pacific Flyway, you can look up on the uh, Pacific Flyway's website, uh, or the Flyway Council, they do uh, neck collaring of them in the sand. Those little, those little thin blue ones? Yeah, the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah, I saw you post a picture of one on your Snapperino. I've so, and the reason I'm so gassed to go hunt Aleutians is when I was in Cali last year with the White Brothers, um, we weren't really in an Aleutian area, but they say if you see any white cheek geese, they're Aleutians, because that's really all we ever see here. And then I'm just like looking for them, like, I've heard about these things before, you know, I keep my eyes peeled. Then I seen a flock and I was like, damn, those things are fucking cool looking. And then uh, right when I was about to go to the airport, I'm loading up my uh, shotgun into the case and we're, we, we parked next to this other field that they end, a bunch of birds ended up feeding out there. So when we went and walked next to it and got our stuff, they all just are exploding out of there. There's snow geese, Ross geese everywhere. And uh, I looked out in the field and there's like 12 birds left in it. I'm like, them are darkies. Pulled up my binocs, and uh, I looked, and I was like, God, those illusions are fucking cool. What the, what is that? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, what, what is this? Wait, what is what? that? And I look, and I go, no fucking way. And it's tough to see the neck collars on them because they have that thick white neck ring. And the dark blue with the white letters kind of blends in almost a little bit to the bird. I, I, go, I handed the uh, knocks to Johnny. I was like, dude, is that what I think it is? He goes, second bird from the left. I'm like, yes, dude, that's the one. I'm like, all right. There's a neck collar. It's 300 yards away from me. I'm already 20 minutes late to get on the road to the airport right now. I just loaded my shotgun, <laughs> and I just marched at it. Like, I just crossed, crossed the barbed wire fence, and I was just, like, walking straight for that motherfucker. Not, I did not take my eyes off, and I'm like, if this son of a bitch just lets me walk up on it, like, how crazy this <laughs> Like, here, I'm just going to carry it to the airport, put right. it in my checked bag. <laughs> it's got to go to the taxidermist. Yeah. I, I did not get anywhere close to that thing, so it's still a good story-ish. Yeah. kind of okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
But now I was just like, now that just put that bug in me. I'm like, I got to find a way to get at these illusions. So I was researching going to Alaska and uh, trying to get them. Like, where could I get them in Alaska? And where could I get them in the States? And um, they're tough. They're tough little birds to, to pin down. They're, they're not easily huntable. It's kind of a shot in the dark. So Does they have them down to, you were telling me that you have them down to like the date of when you're going to get your limit though what you're telling oh, me no, that? no 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 that's like uh that's something else i was talking oh, that was about something yeah that was something else. Oh, no, 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 no. keep that on the dl um so yeah i'm going to california the san joaquin valley oh that's a separate adventure yeah okay yeah probably sorry <laughs> going to nebraska to hunt these illusion cackling <laughs> geese bone lake nebraska where i take all of my trips if you're ever wondering where i am it's nebraska going to nebraska yet again i might be going to nebraska this year though for real we might be too yeah we might forgo north dakota and do a a late um nebraska i wouldn't mind foregoing trip north dakota this year with all the people that uh think they should go there with their canadian trips canceled that's the that's that's been our conversation. Like, how many people are going to do it? Like, that's kind of everybody's concern. Like, that North Dakota is going to be a shit show this year because they can't do Canada. One of my little hidden gem areas, I was reading a DNR email update from them the other day, and they're like, we've experienced an unusually high amount of phone calls inquiring about oh, the waterfowl hunting. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely going to be people that find areas i wish they wouldn't have because they're not going to canada this year and, right. and there's definitely way more people waterfall hunting this year than there has been yep in years past every every outdoor activity there's more of yeah across the board that's not terrible hiking biking fishing hunting all of it is up that just means i'm gonna have to go a little deeper i mean if if you find an area and there's a lot of ducks and geese there i always feel like you are looking at a wilting flower. Like if if you find it, nobody <laughs> so else depressing. nobody else knows about it. Like, dude, nobody hunts here. Nobody hunts here. There's fucking geese and ducks everywhere. I feel like you what you have discovered is the tail end of something that was good. No, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's only going to get worse because if you found yeah, it if you found yeah, it somebody else saw it, somebody else saw it. Somebody else is going gonna, to see it. Yeah. Or, yeah. And um the I don't know. The the pressure moves the ducks and geese around like a bubble. Like they get pushed mm-hmm. on here, they go there. Yeah. And uh, how do you predict that next area, the bubble push? You can't. No, you can't. No way. There's so many millions of factors that go into that, man. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you could possibly accurately predict that. There's no way. Because they're just they're the they're getting pushed around and they're they're finding spots by default. Not to mention that every year crops change. So, I mean. One area that was predominantly small grains can all be corn next year. So, dude, that's and, and you matter. never know. You never know. Like, um, they put up a couple grain elevators that are uh, specifically for canola oil. And now, this area that used to have wheat and silage all mm-hmm. over it is now primarily like canola fields. You, shit happens like that all the time. At planting, the cost of seed or the futures of whatever particular crop might, might spur. Because it seems to me like when you see certain, like, crops one farmer planted a certain type of crop seems like a lot of other farmers in that area have planted the same crop so there's either a sale on that seed or the future projections in the come harvest is you know they're filling some sort of or that need or that area the country might have the established infrastructure to produce it sure like whatever equipment is needed for that 
right. like canola. Or um, um, right now, one that's uh, really exploded in western Minnesota is peas. And ducks and geese love peas. Well, Cargill invested in this company, or Cargo Monsanto. They invested in a company that specializes in plant-based protein, which is a huge growing industry. A lot mm-hmm. of people are doing like that... Uh, I don't know if that's what they're using the for those Impossible Burgers. Impossible Burgers, yeah, probably. Or, you know, a lot of people are getting, like, um, protein shakes, and they don't want it to be uh, protein from milk because that's cattle industry right, shit, I guess. not vegan. So you can get the, you know, the plant-based protein. So that's big industry, and there's a lot more peas going in the ground th- today than there used to be hmm. t- 20 years ago. So they invested, uh, I think, half a billion dollars into pea uh, infrastructure out by uh, Dawson or Benson. Hmm. One of the two, and I've been kind of just curious about, is that going to bring a lot of ducks and geese into that area? It's not, it could. Could. There's not a ton of water out there. No, I mean, it's going to be, there's, is the peas that they're planting for this, are planting for this protein the same peas that I'm thinking of that they're growing in, in Canada? Canada. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's some other uh, gross ass tasting pea. <laughs> but you'd think if they're growing peas for protein, then that it's going to have a lot of protein in the peas. Protein pea. I think they call that something different. Maybe. <laughs> but I haven't heard anything beyond like the, the news stories on, uh, if you look it up on local news, you can see stories like that about, hmm. about that plant and about Interesting. how. But there's no like facts or figures that I've been able to find. Like last year, there was this many acres. This year, there's yeah. that many. Hmm. But shit like that happens all the time. Think, you think that information's got to be out there somewhere. And... um. But it might be reactionary information too. You might find out after, like after the harvest or whatever. And one thing I've learned too about like predicting migration, anything is prepare yourself for the admission that you were wrong. <laughs> like just as soon as you make, uh, <laughs> as soon as you come to a conclusion, prepare yourself for the say. All right, I guess I was fucking wrong about that because yeah. it's likely, it's very likely on the horizon, and you could be right today, wrong tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So you're going to be chasing the illusions, huh? Are you going to do a lot of... Are you, you going to get swept up in the moment and just start shooting, or are you holding out for bands and little blue collars? I want to hold one. I want to hold a, a, a nice, pretty illusion goose. So you're going to shoot I see one it, for sure. If I see a nice, pretty bird, I'm going to shoot it. Um, and for the most part, I'll just be bird watching and hopefully getting uh, some decent weather to to see those collars. Definitely have the binoculars. And up. that's... Uh, just grass feeds out there? Yeah. Is they, there much for ag um, outside the, of cattle? They stay on the coastline for the most part. And, uh, yeah, it's it's so a lot of, like, pasturing. Pastures. Pastures, Vineyards yeah. is all you got out there pretty I much. Found some, uh, I found some really detailed studies that they did about, like, what type of grass the geese pasture in. And, hmm. like, they'll go out there and they'll measure the poop that the geese leave. Like, how, many, how much poop is there and... How many geese are going there? Like the density of the poop? I don't know. It's crazy. Sounds like a shitty job. <laughs> yeah. I would be interesting. Wonder how many like stomach content studies they do on these birds. How many what? Like, do they ever do like stomach content? Yeah, tons of that, dude. They want to know what these birds are eating. Yeah, lots of that. And I'd say the most like research into waterfowl is those diseases that they could potentially transport and carry. The H1N1, among others. That's not, wasn't that the bird flu, H1N1? Oh, dude, they've got all sorts. Well, what was it? 50,000 waterfowl birds just died in uh, Cali like a month ago from cholera. 
Is that related to all the fires? Probably just couldn't breathe. There's I'm going to Google it right now. He's on the Google machine. Cholera. Yeah. And no, I was I looking. For, I was looking for collared geese. Oh yeah, I know shit. Um, here's one. Well, that's from 2017. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> yeah, but there is a lot of research going on, like even coronavirus and stuff. They think that can be spread by a waterfall or what? Uh, there's uh, research into it. That's for hmm. sure. Anything, all those diseases are just completely. Well, the corona. The, I mean, COVID nineteen is the specific one, but there's a whole family of coronaviruses. Right. So that's not. I mean. But I think the real deadly one is like cholera. I can't let go of the collar joke. It's just every time you say it, my brain goes there. Col What's that? Collared geese. Collar. Cholera. Collared. Colored? A color collared <laughs> goose? Onion. I mean, it is deadly for them to have. <laughs> and I just, dude, I was, I was doing some more like Arctic research too about those geese because you look at, uh, if you look at Google Earth or you look at a globe and just stare at it from the North Pole, you're like, that that's weird like all them birds are real close to one oh, another yeah. like you got the barnacle like svalbard is not that far away from like queen elizabeth island i mean and from yeah, greenland once that globe bottlenecks and that's not right term but it's not it's it but you think of it that way smaller like, right you think yeah. but we're just looking at that the same way when you look at like dead centered kansas uh -huh. like we're it's the same sphere yeah it's still a circle <laughs> Yeah, if Kansas was your North Pole and you rotated the Earth, that would be a small area too. Exactly. If yeah. they all went there. But it's weird when you look at it from that perspective. And well, then it's, I, it's only it's only I think it's only like that though because the, the climate makes it that way. Right. So the Arctic Circle is the Arctic Circle, and it's small because at the pole, it's the weather is cold and blah 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 blah, and the angle to the sun and all that. But when you go to like the equator, that seems like a giant area because it is a giant area. You know, you're it's the circumference of the Right. fattest part of the earth right and you could take a measurement that started on the north pole that way to go to the, you south, can go pole. To the south pole except the, the climate's different so you're not going to have all those same species all in one tiny little spot like you do does the north like pole the have permanent glaciers like antarctica yes. does like i know some places like yes. greenland right? greenland yep. yeah yeah there's other places too that has permanents I do. I do believe. Okay, the uh, Arctic Circle. If you just the circumference of it from one end to the other end, uh, it's like thirty-two hundred miles. That's not. I mean, that, that's about how far an Arctic goose is going to migrate south. It kind of surprises me that they don't switch flyways, even you know, like from European to North American. I guess, but. That is kind of quite a fucking long distance to fly, but they do like two thirds of that migration in one shot, anyways. Is that map, this map can't be right. What's that? Uh, like, are the dimension like is Greenland that big? Dude, you gotta look at Google Earth because it's definitely distorted. Yeah, that because that I mean, Greenland looks like it's the size of freaking Africa. On my Google Maps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you gotta pull up Earth, man. Earth is what it's all about. Earth, bro. Gotta well, get Earth. No, no, none of none of it. Huh. And Greenland is fucking big, even on Google Earth. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's big. It's like super fucking big. Huge. But no. Svalbard. I mean, just I'm looking at it right now. Like, 
Svalbard, yeah, that's just off of Norway. Like, you go north of Norway, it's that island mm-hmm. that's right there. There's a fucking shitload of pinkfoots and barnacles that breed there. And then even Greenland, those birds are real dedicated. The ones that are going to, um, that migrate to Europe, they go to Iceland, and then they go to Europe. It's not like lost parts of the globe. Like, if you start, you get way up there, that long, skinny island that's uh, northeast of, like, Finland, Sweden, all that. Mm-hmm. I think it's Russian. Uzi Island. Yeah, it's in some Russian. Here's another interesting observation I have. There's even more islands, way more to the north of that. Okay, so you get up in Canada, right? You look north of the trees, and you get that alien landscape where it's all that just like, like just lakes and wetlands and water. Okay, now look at how big it is in Canada, right? Now shoot across over to Russia and look at their tundra that goes north of the trees, where they have their portion of. Um, like wetlandy type areas. It's like three times the fucking size. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. Like yeah. there's a lot of these like crazy good looking good looking habitat. Let's go to Billings in northern Canada. But look at this cool waterway right in Billings. It's in like northern Russia. Dude, that's cool as fuck looking. That that looks like a barrier reef where you'd find in the tropics, except it's on the northern part of Russia and looks super waterfall-y. Yeah, but like, they, it looks like in the Russian Arctic, there is about triple the amount of waterfall habitat yeah. as like we have in North America. So you got to imagine like... Freaking smash some sort of ice. How many that birds do they have? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they're just drilling so much oil up there that there's nothing can survive. <laughs> Look at, talk yeah. about a pothole region. Holy shit. Dude, I know. And it, it's just it's just forever in the on the Russian side. We got like a we got this like nice little thumbprint of of good habitat here in the I can't do it. I'm just getting lost in this map. I can't do this. The north slope. <laughs> oh dude, I I got to stay away from onyx maps and base maps. I could we could even do a podcast uh, where I just straight up talk about my what I like and what I don't like about onyx versus base. You want to do yeah, that? That would be a good one. Probably. Do that next? Yeah, dude, let's do it. I all can right, talk all cool. day about all that. Right, well, let's send this one. You're going so we'll have to do a recap when you get back from uh, your Aleutian adventure. See if I fire my gun. Yeah, well, hopefully you do. Hopefully I see some cool pictures of a blue collar goose that doesn't have cholera. Dude, now I'm just fucking sucked into Google Earth. Thanks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I get lost easy. All right, till next time. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they're not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, Don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening, whatever your passion, especially if it's waterfowl, pursue it full scale. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned... No matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. 
Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.